Hello and welcome to another episode of A Pastor and His People. This is Pastor Dave Keene here with Pastor John Whitaker. Hello. John Whitaker, I'm so glad that you finally were able to grace ourselves with your presence on this podcast. Yes. Um, uh, so, John Whitaker. I'm uh, glad we brought the podcast back. We brought it back. I really like hearing people's stories. Yeah. One of the greatest things that I, I do as a pastor is hearing people's stories. Um, so, I want to hear your story, right? Okay. Uh, so, John, first of all, where are you from? I am from the Bumi Metropolis, Rock Hill, South Carolina. You probably uh, never heard of it. Do, have, have you enjoyed being from Rock Hill? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I like it. Would you do you want to stay in Rock Hill forever? If that's what the Lord wants. Good answer. Um, how, <laughs> good answer. Uh, good, answer. Good, good answer. Good answer. How did you uh, come to know the Lord? Um, so I got saved the summer from my ninth grade, so like going into my sophomore year of high school. I grew up going to church. Um, my parents told me they got saved at a later age, so I think in their 30s. And uh, went to a couple of churches, but I primarily went to one main church starting about third grade. And uh, went there every week. And I did not care for it. Uh, I would try to skip service to go back to Sunday school because they gave out donuts, you know, and those. Stuff. So, so yeah, that was kind of uh, my I guess, spiritual upbringing. Um, I went to every week. I didn't fully understand what was going on. Never really read my Bible. And then my, um, which I think is important, my eighth, my eighth grade year, my parents got separated. And so going into my freshman year of high school, um, a little bit more freedom. Um, parents a little bit more laxed on, you know, discipline, parenting, things like that. And so I had a little more freedom and um, started going to uh, Young Life uh, late in my fall, my, my freshman year. Me and my friends were going, had a great time. Uh, a guy named Casey Espick started taking me out to eat. So free meals for high schoolers are always key. So I'm, I'm seeing a, a trend here. I hear donuts and now I hear free food. It's way to someone's heart, to their stomach. Okay, yeah. that's right. <laughs> Amen. Uh, and so I started hanging out with him and went to a camp that summer. And Which was, camp? I went, uh, like, the name of it? Yeah. I went to Rockbridge. Okay. My, I was in Virginia. And it was great. It was fun. Um, and uh, got back from camp. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we started a Bible study. And it was not nearly as fun as the hangouts and the things we were doing the school year. And started the discipleship with a few guys, and it was okay. I mean, looking back, I didn't even know why I was still going. I was like, this isn't that fun, you know, this is kind of boring. But I think it was the Spirit and God just like, keep going, you know, kept going. And then uh, Casey then offered, once again, free meal. If I were, to, we were reading through uh, Ephesians, I said, read Ephesians 1 every day for a week, and uh, I'll. Buy you sake. Some of you may remember Saki Express. It was great. So sadly moved. Um, so I was like, okay, free food, ready every day. I said, like, that's pretty good. And we chapter two. Didn't he no longer gave me meals? <laughs> but I was like, okay. And I was like, man, I really like like this. What can I be reading? And he's like, started the Gospels. And so I'd go home after school, you know, my fall semester, and just read through Matthew, read through Mark, read through Luke, read through John. I just kept reading them, and I was like, man, this is really good. And there was one night in my bed. Um, so it was, it's still summer. Yeah, summer. Reading the Bible in my bed, it hit me. It was um, 
John the Baptist had just died. He sends disciples out. They came back, and they um, they uh, the crowds are around them. They're asking, hey, "Let's get away. Let's you know talk and stuff." And Jesus says he had compassion on them, and spent the whole night healing them instead. And I just kind of hit me. It just hit me. I was like, "I'm nothing like this guy. Like, I'm I would." A relative died, my friends just got back, and these people were wanting stuff from me. I would have been like, get away from me, you know, but he's like, a compassion. I was like, oh, uh, it kind of hit me, I'm not a Christian. <laughs> it just kind of was like, oh, I'm not like, like, I'm nothing like this person. And I just remember it hitting me, like, I went to pray, and I was like, I'm not, I, I don't know, but I, was like, but I want to be. That was my prayer. I, I want to be with, I want Jesus. And I think from there on out, like, it just something switched to me um i was heavy in drugs and alcohol at that point i started drinking fifth grade i think I was, you know that was kind of i had a bottle of alcohol in my room throughout high school just drink it by myself you know it was not good um and just didn't feel the same anymore you know um smoking didn't feel the same for me anymore I had to teach a lesson, which I mean, I'm not sure that was the smartest idea. I just got saved, you know, <laughs> teaching other people. It was on cussing, which I don't know if that was intentional because I cuss like a sailor. So I was like, hey, you should teach on this. <laughs> I was like, oh. And I remember, like, looking up passages like, oh, do you know you were supposed to cuss, guys? I was like, guys, what are we doing? You know, I was like, do you know, do you guys know this? And uh, So that's kind of what happened. I think um, the rest of my high school life was very much of um, – got saved and it just changed my desires and what I wanted and I think shortly after that it real I realized I was actually supposed to invest in other people and that strongly impacted my rest of my high school life of going after other people yes yeah, so after you got saved you really have been from day one we're like an evangelist sharing the gospel with lots of people yes did someone tell you how to do that or is that just kind of something that you felt like okay I'm saved I yeah I've been changed I want other people to be changed as well yeah so um Actually, so we ran that hangout my freshman year, right? That that Young Life hangout. And um, we actually, that fall semester, we were supposed to be having them, but we were canceling them because we didn't have a lot of people show up. And um, so Casey was, he said, basically, like, here's a number. If we don't have this number, we're just not going to, you know what I mean? It's, I don't want to run something that's not well. And we kept canceling. And I was like, man, like, why are we not doing this? And he's like, and he just flipped me and said, have you ever thought, like, you're actually supposed to be the one bringing people? You know, I mean, instead of just showing up, like, why don't you invest in someone else? And it, it just something clicked in me, you know, while it wasn't go reach the lost, it, I did internally know this is a way for people to hear the gospel, to be saved, to experience what I experienced. And so from there on out, I just liked talking to people and wanting them to come to this thing, which I don't recommend, you know, as, as your main evangelistic tool is to get them to come to someone else. I think you can do that. Uh, but it really helped me meet strangers and talk to people I didn't know. And um, I do think I'm gifted in talking to people I don't know. Yeah, you are. But I also think um, it's from years of doing it. Like for lunch, lunches, I I didn't really eat lunch. I would just go to tables and talk to different people and find interest they had. So a lot of movies I've seen, TV shows I've watched, music I listen to, is because someone told me, 
that was their favorite or they liked that and i would go home listen to the album and go, i like heavy metal music not because that's what i was brought on because i talked to someone who really liked it and i wanted to get to know them more and so as i think i grew i understood evangelism better of i can share the, the gospel with them i can share jesus with them not just bring them to something that they can hear the gospel at. and so i think it's but that's just that going and talking to someone got started by yeah. talking to them, bringing them, trying to get them some, come somewhere. And then I think the Lord just kind of refined that as it as it kept going. Now, some people may not know this about you, but okay. there, there was a season for uh, in your life where you didn't have a home. Yes, I was homeless. I was living in my car. How, how long was that? Um, on and off for six months to a year. So. And you eventually found a dear friend who yes. opened, up, opened up their home? So, yeah, I moved out graduation. I mean, it was probably a week after I graduated. I left. I slept under a gazebo. And then I my one of my buddies took me in for a week. And then at that point, I got a car from my mom. So I was sleeping on my car. And then I slept... I went to a friend's house who his parents let me stay there until the end of the semester. And then I was back in my car and then uh, Ben Oliver and his mom, three amigos, as I like to call us, you know, we me and my two roomies, Ben and his mom. Yeah. yeah. So I stayed there for about four years. What did uh, the, your experience being homeless teach you? Do you ever think back about it now? Um... Haven't in a while. Um, I do remember. Uh, it taught me a little about suffering. I think. I mean, summers, sleeping in a car with leather seats. I mean, it was like you woke up and you're like sticking to your seat. It was like not fun, you know. And you're you're worried when you go to sleep. And if you sleep in like a Walmart parking lot or something like that, you're kind of people can come up to your car and stuff like that. To and you're waking up in different places. So that can be tricky as well. So it's just like you're feeling unsettled. And so that kind of helps you just be more dependent on God. And, you know, it also gives you more time just to be with God. So I remember just being in Harris Teeter on Selenies. I mean, it's 1 a.m. I'm in the parking lot. I can't sleep. So I just, there's a, there's a light in the park. And I'm just, I could, I could read my Bible. You know, it was just like I didn't have as many distractions around me. I could really just read and pray and do those things like that. So, um, yeah, I think the Lord definitely used it and helped me to be dependent on Him. And, I mean, I was praying, you know, to, yeah. I didn't want to stay in my car. So I was praying, asking God for things. And so it was a, a good time of just depending on the Lord for things. Now, I met you right after that, right? Yes. Um, so I met you when you were 20? Something like that. Um, and that's how you got to park? How I got to park. Uh, you you meeting me? Yeah, how, how'd you get to park up the church? Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to give you a leading question. There. Uh, no, no, yeah. Um, so I was, I became a leader uh, for Young Life, a volunteer leader. And I was attending a church. I really want to get saved. I stopped going to church for a while. And then I was going to a church. I never joined. And uh, I was actually serving a lot in the nursery. And... Um, and doing young life and working. And so, I don't know, I, just, I feel like I was getting burnt out, you know, because it was a volunteer position, but I had a passion there to be serving. And so I was spending, you know, 
you know, hours a week doing that. And uh, Casey had gotten hired at Park at this time. And I think he he asked you about starting a Bible study for me and some other guys like like Ben, Weston, and Travis. The guys were doing ministry, weren't really getting poured into. And I remember your living room, First Corinthians chapter 1, you know, you're reading. It's like, okay, this, you know, this is interesting. And uh, you ask questions. You're like, ah, oh, man, I'm wondering why is Paul? And he's like, you know, oh, no, it's right, it's right there. First, you're like, you're like, oh, because of this. Like, yeah. And you were just, this is the first time we, we heard expository teaching, we think, in, in that simple, just, this is the text, this is what it means. Next week showed up. All right, First Corinthians chapter two. We're like, oh, okay, chapter two. Okay, okay. and yeah. that was new to us. We were even how we were teaching. We we're very much like, let's teach on love or let's teach on this. On yeah, yeah, cussing. Yeah, exactly. And to see, and we were a few weeks in. We were just like, this is amazing. We were getting fed for the first time. We were ignorantly blissful, telling our friends, "You got to come to this Bible study. It's so good." <laughs> They're like, "What? What, what do y'all do?" We're like. We go through books of the Bible a chapter at a time. And I was like, I know what First Corinthians is about. I know who's writing it. I know why he's writing it. I was just like, I knew the scriptures. And they were. I was being fed. And I was like, this is amazing. And so we ended up visiting Park. And it was great. And um, inter- I mean, it was year one, you know, for your ministry. So the church average age was 70, you know, and... 80, 90 people, you think? Yeah. And then here we come in with, I mean, I have taken scissors to my shorts to make them shorter, and they're cut and not in a straight line, and had on backwards, holes all throughout my clothes and my shoes, and everyone else is wearing suits and dresses, you know? It was like, <laughs> and so uh, I definitely <laughs> stuck out like a sore thumb, and uh, but people were loving they introduced themselves to us. It was nice. The teaching was good. You're you, you preaching well still, you know, even yeah, then, you know, uh, you haven't fallen off, you know, it's been pretty good since, since I've been here. Uh, and then I think the next week, uh, Dan and Connie Osterhout took me and Ben Oliver to Cracker Barrel for lunch and they just asked us questions and got to know us. And next week they remembered us. They remember things about us. Like, man, my own grandparents like, this is great. You know, like, so they were loving cared for us the teaching was good and i think shortly after we joined it was just like this is good so true or false okay uh, one day when a group of seniors saw that your shoes were um yes had holes in it they took a, a collection just to help you get new clothes that is true so i used to wear these toms and you could see all 10 toes in them and they were one of my prized possessions i didn't have the heart to tell them <laughs> I, I dressed like this on purpose uh but they their oh. sunday school their mission action project for that month was me and so they came to me with a box new shoes in them and an envelope with money saying we love you go buy some clothes yeah. and i was like and i was like wow these people are actually thinking about me yeah. while i wasn't around them yeah yeah Fantastic. i was like that's that's crazy well you have seen been been part of park for lots of years mm-hmm. right a lot of ups and downs you know um through the revitalization mm-hmm. and sometime during this process you had kind of felt the tug to full time ministry yes uh, when did that happen um so, maybe a year, year and a half, you know, between a year and two years being at Park, I stopped Young Life. Uh, I did feel more a pull to 
invest more in the, the local church than a parachurch ministry. Um, just, I think, reading the Bible, expository teaching helped me just, oh, the church is actually there. You know, like, you know, I just kind of somehow, miss, it's easy to miss it when you're just picking things out. And I was like, oh, that's there. And so I stopped Young Life and I remember not wanting to do ministry for a while. Just like, before I start doing something else, I just want to breathe for a while. And I, and I think it was about a year of just going to church and you offered a internship even and then we just read books and um wrote like a page reflection we met talked about them uh, i saw you do a funeral i saw you do a wedding i saw you um you took me to a conference you, you gave me an opportunity to uh preach it's terrible <laughs> it was it wasn't it was so it wasn't bad. You've gotten better, but I, I, it wasn't that. I need bad. to go back and find it. I wonder if we have it somewhere. It's, it's online somewhere. It's Matthew sixteen is Matthew. It was just woof. Um, and so yeah, I just remember at the end, I was like, yeah, I want to do this. Like, I want to minister to a church to God's people together. I was like, I want to pastor them. And so I remember from there, it felt like that. That's where the Lord was leading me. And so, um. I mean, it, you can change jobs, like fencing and doing, you know, other stuff. But even like, even the other ministries I was doing, I think in the back of my mind, I was always looking at the lens of one day I'll be pastoring. And so it was just kind of having the background of like everything I was taking, how can I apply this to pastoral ministry? Yeah. I think it was very helpful. So you've been part of Petter Park for a long time. You've experienced lots of different things. Mm-hmm. In what ways in particular have you felt God use his church to grow you in the Lord? <laughs> that's a that's a loaded question. It's, it's, uh, it may be. As I'm sure I can give you some particulars, but one I couldn't even begin to you know I mean it's like a fish trying to describe what is water like you know it's just like almost it's been almost a decade of just being in the church and being with people and in the body and man like I teach Wednesday nights now even like the Wednesday night service of like. I remember working all day and showing up Wednesday night with like muddy boots when you know, I was trying to get mud off before I come in and it was just like, and me just like, I enjoyed it. Seeing the overflow with people and just like, I was learning from the people, you know, and just hearing you teach and hearing people pray and stuff like, like I learned how to pray. I learned how to read God's word. I learned how to le- love people and to, uh, see how people put up with me as I put up with, you know I mean? Just like rubbing shoulders with people. It was just, I mean, everything you're learning about in the Bible, you're seeing just kind of rub off. And I remember even talking to people at you know seminary or at Southeastern and just us talking about church and they were saying all the right things. And I could just tell by the way they saying it, like, they haven't experienced it though. They haven't swam in the water. They've read it in a book. And I think Park has given me that of the scriptures really coming alive to me as I was seeing what the scripture talking about on a Sunday, on a Wednesday, on throughout the week. It was just like, what does the church give me? And it's like, what part of my Christian walk has the church not blessed me? And it's, it's kind of hard. Yeah, it's been, it's been fun to even reflect as you're talking because mm-hmm. when I look at you now, I look at you as a, you know, a fellow pastor, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, a future elder, someone who ministers regularly to the body. And you really have come a long way, right? Like even like the earliest 
parts of your of your faith journey to be here right, right? you know um and it's fun to even probably think people who've listened to this you know yeah who don't know you before all right. they know you now as a leader yeah. and a teacher right so um now you do have you love the local church you want to have given yourself to it mm-hmm. um you have the desire to possibly maybe go overseas one day is that still in the cards yes i think um that I mean that started early on for me, just in my, you know, after getting saved, reading the scriptures, just kind of like that seemed like it was always a possibility, like hearing about it, um, especially kind of that being homeless for a little while and, and kind of going through some trials. It was kind of like I feel like missions are more more difficult thing naturally of crossing language and cultural barriers and. Uh, even, you know, me and Jamie got married. That was something that we had talked about of this is a possibility is what the Lord's put in my heart. Um, and, and even, you know, the thing that I saw in her was that she too had faced trials and suffering. And that's kind of one of the things that attracted to me to uh, her was for marriage, she'd gone through trials. Mm-hmm. And then two, if we were going to missions, you know, that could you know call suffering as well you know added in trials so it was something that I've always thought about so we went to Thailand this past summer um, one of the first mission trips we did we went to Puerto Rico you know we're going to there and just we had great accommodations there great accommodations uh, come ask us about them they were, they were <laughs> phenomenal uh, it was a cheap trip but was, <laughs> for a reason um, and I say I think for us we're still kind of in this place of what does the Lord want from us, when, you know, where, and we're still like, we have, okay, maybe here, maybe this, but we're not, you know, we're still trying to figure that out. And, um, and while we're waiting, we just, you know, it's not a, let's leave, let's get out. It's like, man, we really love park I, I love my job i love i mean i love i mean i love rock hill i'm from here it's great i love park i'm not in a rush to get out yeah. but i do feel like this is something the lord has put in my heart for a while and it may be something that he's leading me to if he wants me to stay here it's i can we're, st- we're impacting the, the nations from here so it's yeah, not yeah. like we're not you know it's just there's different callings for different people at different times and i don't want to be um callous or close that door when the Lord may be leading us in that direction. Amen. Well, the Lord has used you tremendously here, Mm -hmm. kind of watching your your life and ministry over the years and what you've poured into others. I think that a lot of the success that God has given Park Baptist Church is because of your labors, you know, your faithfulness and ministering to people, your peers, Mm -hmm. but also a lot of our young people. One Mm -hmm. of the most encouraging things among our elders now and even when I hear about the church body is just what God's doing among our young people. And that's Mm -hmm. Directly related to the teaching of God's word, God's gift you to teach, and you're using that gift. Yeah, um, it was kind. Yeah. So, is there anything specifically we can be uh, praying for you about? Um, yeah, just uh, Jamie, right? She's due in April, so we're expecting baby boy. Due date's April twelfth. So, leading up to that, even after, right? Just pregnancy in general. Just prayer for us and our family, um, and then. Um, I think just direction, you know, is the Lord calling us somewhere? Uh, but yeah, I think just as prayer, side note, reflecting, right? Um, 
I mean, if you want to get me and Dave emotional, uh, have us reflect on the past oh, yeah. nine years. Uh, and guys, uh, Dave Keene is a huge blessing to me personally, to the church. I mean, even that first Bible study, like, First Corinthians didn't know us just yeah. here. And then I remember sitting on your couch and I mean, what a good, call me out and sin. Right. I remember you saying, if you continue in this, I don't know if I can let you take the Lord's Supper. I'm sure it hit me in my heart and reflecting years later, I'm like, oh, wow, that's so kind. Or even you and Ellen, how me and Jamie consider marriage? Like we wasn't a possibility for us. Like maybe you should be getting married. Stuff like that. I just like, those conversations and those weekly sermons, it's like, it's hard to put a, a value in that. But I think um, one day in heaven, we'll be able to look back and see, man, yeah. you, you will be able to see, hopefully from yeah. Jesus Christ himself, all the labor you've done for Park and for me in particular. So thank you. Well, uh, let's pray. Uh, Father, we thank you for your grace. Uh, we thank you for the grace you've given uh, John um, in saving him, giving him a, um, a godly wife and um, one son and one son on the way. We thank you, God, that you've gifted him to teach your word, uh, not just teach your word, but um, to share his life with people. We thank you so much how he pours into people again and again and again, uh, and you have borne fruit from it. We pray, Lord, your, your God, your wisdom and your grace would just continue to be with him, and that you give him a direction. Father, uh, we... we Rejoice that you have called him here at Park for such a long season and the impact he's made. Lord, we know that uh, if you call him to, to stay, we would be overjoyed. And Lord, we know that if you call him to go, we would um, be uh, thankful that another congregation would be blessed with his ministry. Uh, Father, we thank you so much for the last uh, nine years. Um, incredible to think about what you've done um, in and through him uh, at this church. Uh, we pray you would uh, let us see many more uh, John Whitakers, uh, young people who uh, come to know Christ at an early age and give themselves to the scriptures and then give, them, give their lives to help others grow in Christ. So, Father, we thank you so much for this time and this sweet reflection. We pray that you continue to be with John. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.